with God's Word as our authority, we, the Restructured Podcast, would like to set forth a proposal to God's people, the New Testament Church, to become of a Berean nature in pursuit to know the Scriptures. The Church in our generation, we believe, has become a distant shadow of what the body of Christ should look like. It will be our endeavor to bring forth things for God's people to think on and consider as they search God's Word to see if these things are so. Know that there's any positive feedback until I get to witness it, and you witness it in the growth, the spiritual growth in your people. Now, Brother Mike, I mean, would it be fair to say the part of the point you're bringing up, I guess I'm asking for clarification, like um, Pharisees, it's not uh, in the church they don't exist. It's the spirit of the Pharisee. I, yeah, I understand what kinda... you mean. I just think that sometimes when we're like, well, that expression that, well, Jesus, you know, criticized the religious people most. But we have to keep in mind, they they were lost. So, right. like, and I think, you know, because a lot of us hear this, we, we, we hear it and then we picture certain things. So, for me personally, might not, I'm not saying this is the right thing. When I picture and I hear in Scripture about the Pharisees, I picture like talking to the Pope and the Catholic Church. Yeah, um, totally. I, lost. I don't picture total tradition. Like some yeah. people who got a little hyper about some things that are, you know, <laughs> okay, you're being a little ridiculous here. I don't picture it like that. I picture it people who are not at all trying to turn people to Christ. Like I true think legalism. That, yes, and which, I think, but I think that people that. <laughs> Every, every generation, you know, I, I read some things from some really old preachers that were preaching on, like, wire rim glasses. And, <laughs> and look, let's be honest. If those people came back to life today and they saw the condition of our world, they'd be that like, be told you. I mean, I told you it was a slippery slope. <laughs> I mean, look at what's happened to our world if we'd have just stopped the wire rim glasses. And, that you know, those but, wire, but that was it, there, man. But, you know, it wasn't about, I'm reading their sermons. It really wasn't about the wire rim glasses. It was the pursuit of... The fashions of the world. Mm. So they they were talking really about quit letting the world be the person that, the thing that you're trying to be like. But it turned into quit trying to get wire rim glasses, and we then it's written down and we read it and we're like, oh, those dummies preaching about wire rim glasses, and we lose the point. They lost the point. Everybody lost it. But now we're like thinking we're better than them because we wouldn't preach about wire rim glasses. And, but it wasn't the wire room glasses. Right. But, you know, but because it's written down that way and they said it that way, that's what ends up happening. Yeah, we would preach about skinny jeans. And, you know, so it's like, uh, but yeah. Those David's just, not holding for the For him, up, that's so. just jeans. Uh, <laughs> I gotta, like David can, can I say, in answer to your question about the Pharisees, the only, I guess, argument that I can pull out of the Bible would be a guy like Nicodemus. He was not just a Pharisee, but he was a teacher of the Pharisees. And he was actively seeking the truth. He went to Jesus, which was the right choice, but he went, he was told about salvation. He was explained salvation. Right. He was salvation. Well, what I'm getting at is by the time Jesus came, 
it had been so watered down, whether you call it Pharisee or you call it priests not doing what they were doing, like Eli and priests, priests like that, that kind of watered things down. By the time it got down to Jesus's day, even though Israel had been given this image of who Jesus was through all the sacrifices and imagery inside of the uh, tabernacle and what everything stood for, they were given all that, the symbols, mm -hmm. they had it all before them, then they get here, right. Jesus shows up, they had everything laid out for them and had been for thousands of years, they didn't see him. And the problem is that they knew it because they knew the Mosaic law. Because when Jesus talking to Nicodemus, what did he say? I, I, just like Moses lifted up a serpent, that's what's going to happen to me. There was the picture. Nicodemus didn't see it because somebody didn't teach him to see right. it. But I, and I agree with you. I just, like I said, I, I, I believe it's just a little bit of a cop-out sometimes for people to say, I don't like what somebody taught me, so they're just like the Pharisees. Well, and, and what I was... mindset, maybe not their law, but the mindset of... Because you're not doing it the way I'm doing it, you're not as holy as I am. I think but no, even but I think the don't, reason don't you think that's different though, if they said to you, because you're not doing what I'm doing, you're lost. That's that they're telling that's definitely legalism. Right. If they say if you don't do everything the way I do it, you're lost. If they say you're not doing the, these things, I think this is important, you should be doing these things. I, the I think that's overly strict and I think that that's absurd. But I don't think that they're like if a guy tells me you're lost because you don't dress the way I dress, I would say to that person, they're probably lost because they don't understand what actually makes you saved. But if a guy says, hey, if so you're saved, Phariseeism. right, but if you're saved, you should do these things. I don't necessarily think that guy's lost. I think he's no, I'm, overly I, opinionated. I understand what you're saying. I understand <laughs> what you're just, saying, but, and we should be careful about our name calling, period. I mean, right. that's not grace. That's not Christ-like. But, it, but <laughs> what I was getting at when I mentioned, <laughs> when I even, when I even brought in that, Pharisee term, I, I wasn't intending to bring up a whole world of Phariseeism. What I was trying to show, I think what Jesus was fussing at, because he fussed at the Pharisees, he did fuss at the publicans too. I think Jesus is about these extremes we go to. And you were right. saying that, okay, to correct one issue, we go to one extreme. Right. And so you have this group of people that have been brought up under, in our minds now, maybe we've been reformed or regenerated or whatever term you want to put on Terrible. it. We've been, I know, because <laughs> yeah, they're all wrong. But you, we've been brought under We're this all. thumb, this, this thumb of you got all these rules and regulations right. you have to live by. And so you have people that are just saying, okay, everything that was taught to me before, I'm going to throw it away. And we're throwing out the baby with the bathwater instead of saying, okay, maybe mom and dad or maybe teacher or maybe preacher or maybe this church, they were too ambitious in this area. And, and I don't have to be that ambitious, right. but I need to still not just throw the whole Bible right. out because I don't agree with somebody's well, I mean, doctrine. Yeah, you think we you all... can't ever be reactionary. That's, that's right. our biggest problem. We're too reactionary, reactionary instead of just focused on who Christ is. And it's like everybody, I've never had somebody tell me, hey, man, I'm a little crazy. <laughs> like everybody's like, I'm very balanced. <laughs> and, you know, everybody on this side of me, they're legalists. Everybody on that side, they're liberals. But it's like... You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. They are where the pendulum swings. Nobody has ever told me, yeah, I'm kind of legalistic. Most of the, most of the epistles, <laughs> most of the epistles, you see Paul dealing with this very thing. You got the people that are extreme on this side, the people that are extreme on this side. 
and he's trying to bring balance to the so body of Christ. What was the pendulum, though? The problem is, and I know what he's. We can't hear. We can't hear you, Rusty. What? What Mike's getting at? <laughs> Mike was given using this illustration of this of this concept of well, I'm a little crazier. I'm a lot crazier. I'm the normal one. You're the weird one. You're the weird one. The problem is not. The problem is the, the pendulum or what's center. What is what is here? The problem is we're supposed to be like Jesus. So when I get like Jesus, that's what brings unity that Paul's talking right, about in the absolutely. church. Amen. When I get like Jesus, that's what brings unity in my marriage and my family. When I get like Jesus. And so the ultimate goal should be I'm shooting toward Christ, which leads to holiness, which involves me yielding to the Holy Spirit and then letting myself, as I yield to the Holy Spirit, be changed externally in that change I, my still my goal and aim is still to be like jesus and i think we're we're adding all kind of terminology to that go ahead so i i will say i am more on the conservative side and what i've found is people that would say i'm pharisaical with which was mike was pointing out is a misuse of the term right, right. because I've, absolutely or a legalist mm-hmm. which i've never said you need to do this to get to heaven, mm-hmm. which is, which we want to redefine terms mm-hmm. and take a whole nother subject. <laughs> but, but what happens is I, I am, I am over here in my standards mm-hmm. and they say, well, you're a legalist because you're over there. Yeah. And, or that my heart's not right and I'm doing it for appearance because I'm over here and I'm being judged. And that's just as judgmental as anything else. Exactly. That is that is the wrong spirit. Which, like Rusty and I were talking about earlier, <laughs> our wives, our wives are very much judged at times when we because go places. Absolutely, because they're in a skirt, and it's like, oh, you're a Pharisee. Oh, you think you're better than everybody. Oh, you think you're. And it's like you literally don't know my wife. Mm-hmm. If you think that she thinks she's better than you. From what she's wearing, or or just because, me. just because she's decided to adopt a standard to represent Christ, and people then take and they judge. And you're you're absolutely right. There's nothing wrong with being conservative. And, and I mean, look, I, I I don't have the standards in my life that Josh Poole has, but never Sooner. one time has Josh Poole ever said, "Larry, you and I can't be friends because you don't hold to the standards that I have. You don't you 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 don't live by the 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 the, the holiness or the standard." Because he's not being judgmental about it. He hasn't That's the said problem. that yet. The, and, and being legalistic isn't actually being fair That's to scary. say. You know, being legalistic about salvation, I, I would say there's a lot of uh, Christianity today and a lot of podcasts and stuff out there. They're saying, they're not saying that legalism is saying that if you're not doing it like I am, you can't be, you're not saved. They're saying that it, it, they're taking it to the sanctification process. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, sure. that, that you, you, that, that there's a lot of independent fundamental Baptists that are, that are legalists because you can't be uh, uh, sanctified if you're not doing it this way, you know? And, yeah. and so Brother I think David, that's, that's where a lot of the legalism go. Go ahead, David. You've been wanting to talk for a while. I, I typically have a, just a word I want to put in. All right, go ahead and put the word in. the moment passes. And I, Can we do a Pee Wee Herman um, thing when you do I, I'd like to ask a question, though, if I could do that. Normally, you ask the questions. but Oh, no. no. Um, I, I just sit here. Is there a point, and maybe we've already kind of talked about it, is there a point where what, what I would, or what somebody would call, I guess, um, uh, what somebody maybe would call holiness, gets so far from it that it becomes unholiness? Okay. Can I answer that? So, Brother Privet, 
um, which is one of my mentors that, that's invested in me, has said over the years, over and over and over again, God will only bless what he can bless. And if it's not done for God, then he can't bless it. Your reward is already gotten. So whatsoever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Like whatever we're doing should always be, again, the mindset and the heart set of this is under the Lord. So when we go to ties and, and what we wear and what we wear on the platform, some people get very touchy about that. But as a pastor and in my church, I am... I'm not dressing to this world. Now, if I wear a tie because I'm trying to get the brother's approval, the brethren's approval, guess what? God can't bless it because now I've got my reward. Everybody look at me and my pretty tie. But if I... That's debatable. But if I'm also going up... (laughs) If I'm also going up in rebellion... And saying, I'm not going to wear a tie because of what everybody else thinks. God can't bless that either. Mm-hmm. We've not, neither one, tie or not a tie, is dressing unto the Lord. And until our mindset gets off of people and onto him, we have lost all holiness. It's going back again to our independent, and it always comes around to the church. As an independent body, in Murfreesboro, our little church can decide what structure we're going to follow in our church. But that in no way determines whether or not what Brother Poole's doing in his church is right or wrong. That's determined by his church and his church body and how they govern themselves. And that's what I'm talking about, where we're trying to link us all together, and God doesn't want us linked together. The church in Acts wasn't all linked together. In fact, when they came in, in Acts, I think it was 15, when they have this big discussion about circumcision into the church and this big, this big problem that they're having in the church, basically the decision they come to is everyone do what you're going to do inside of your own place. That had a moment in time, and this is different. Okay. Do, do, do is there a sense so that we also should say at some point we got to man up and just because the church across town doesn't like the way we do something doesn't mean they're trying to control us and it's not like so if Josh doesn't like the way I do something at my church that's fine he can have an opinion about that he, there's nothing wrong with him thinking we might be doing something wrong I don't have to care about that um, but I think sometimes we're like oh somebody down the road or, some, or somebody on a tweet or somebody on a podcast doesn't agree with me why am i being attacked it's like grow up man like no but you've seen it and i've seen it where people take a simple it's like disagreement and say let's just have some grace why is everybody attacking without assimilation but let's be on and i and i think okay so we had we had kind of and i hate to use this term for it We've kind of had the standard in that, like, there's certain ways that typically independent Baptist churches have done things for many years. So if someone comes on and goes on, on like, Twitter, you know, I really think it's stupid that people make their, you know, youth pastor wear a tie when he's teaching Sunday school. 
somebody say that and okay, no, you're not, you're not being divisive. You're just, you know, speaking about grace. And if somebody else comes in and go, well, you know, it's a slippery slope that uh, people are, you know, you know, we all love the slippery slope comment. Slippery slope, people are letting people not wear ties. Slippery you know? slopes are fun with it. So then as soon as they do that, they're like, uh, it seems like it's even more so than it's like, why are you trying to tell these other churches that they have to wear a tie? And it's like, you can have an opinion that you think ties are stupid. And, and I know ties, like I said earlier, it's a low-hanging fruit. But you can have an opinion that the way churches have done things for a long time are overly strict or stupid or taking things too far. But if you say, hey, I think we ought to be careful about this change, people are like, why are you trying to control other churches? It's like people just share their opinion. And, and social media. if I hear your opinion, I can social go, you're, media that's is dumb. Killing us. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, I get so tired of hearing like, all you, have, all you need is a microphone and, a, and, and the internet, and you can have a podcast. Right. You can say whatever you but want like, you know, and be I an aficionado like, on stuff. Everybody says, like, feels so attacked all the time. Like, people just have opinions, man. Like, chill out. I think some people, some, some people just wear low-hanging ties. And they're easier. All the old that's all I had to say. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> he found the right time for his word. Yeah. He got it in there. So yeah, we but. we obviously, okay, this is not about ties. But Mike, Mike's the only said, one wearing a tie well, right I'm now. confused. As you said, <laughs> ties, it is an example. Right. It's not about the tie. But this is our scenario, okay? Yeah. So, <laughs> it's I, I a will, news. I will admit... <laughs> that I was getting dressed at the house one day and put a tie on with a shirt. My wife said, that doesn't look good with a tie. And I was like, well, I have to wear a tie. And in that moment, it dawned on me, I am making myself not look as presentable as I should because I'm trying to maintain this. And so I took the tie off and she said, you look better without the tie. Slippery slope. Slippery slope. I agree. <laughs> Next thing you I know, agree. you're going to wear wiring glasses <laughs> and have facial hair. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> wiring glasses next and then transsexuals next. You don't have the microphone. Now, we can right. Brother Mike, I appreciate what you said, though, about the wiring glasses. It's not the wiring glasses. Right. But they, there was a truth. And when you were talking, my mind always goes to Lester Roloff. Because... The things that he coffee. preached, it wasn't just coffee. I mean, he was very he adamant he against, against a lot of things. He, he was very adamant against. I'm going to turn your mic off for a second. He was very adamant against like sugar, eating yes. unhealthy, which is not popular to preach against gluttony. Okay, as a Baptist, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and but for us to say, well, you know, we don't have sugar. For some, that can be a step towards holiness. Uh, because in their pursuit of Christ, that's something that's hindered them. Right, and sometimes the it's not the preacher's the fault. The soul liberty, the, the, the priesthood you know, of the believer, those things matter. And sometimes it's not the preacher's fault. It's the hearer's fault. Like we take things that men say right. and the golden make, ephod make the ephod out of it yep. and have made it to where it's like, and well, that since statement. that preacher said it, we all, you know, like that preacher didn't like chairs. I can only have peace forever. And that statement <laughs> goes right to your social media when somebody three or four or half a world away from you makes a statement based right. on what you did and what we do 
is we read and pay attention to what they say, who cares? I always say my job is to thing. my job is to love the Lord. I, I I I don't care if someone friends or unfriends or likes or doesn't like what I'm doing because the purpose of my doing what I'm doing is for Christ. If it's in the right mind, right. I'm focused on him. It really doesn't matter what somebody else thinks or does. We just allow right. that to make a big deal. I don't remember head. where I heard it, but I remember the story about everybody asking these preachers, why do they raise their hand when they baptize somebody? And nobody knew why they did it. It's and then some, no, somebody no. said, finally somebody said, it started when Lester Olaf put out a baptism track, and on the picture, he's baptizing somebody who's got his hand raised. And then it just became kind of the standard thing of like when you. So it was funny after I heard that story the first time, I went to go baptize somebody, and it was like Pavlov's dog. I, I went to go baptize, my hand goes up, and I'm and it's like right in the middle of church. I just went and looked over <laughs> at my hand, and I was like, "What are you doing up there?" And so the first time I didn't raise my hand when I was baptizing somebody, one of my deacons walks up to me, and goes, "Does that even count?" <laughs> it did not count, but like it no one had a not. reason. And that so person, my son was that not rejected. Right, my son is in Bible college, and baptism. they were practicing baptisms for their class. <laughs> and he goes to do the baptism, and his hand just shoots up. And afterwards, his pastor said, or the professor said, "Now, why did you raise your hand?" He goes, "I don't know. My dad does." <laughs> All right, so we we need to wrap it up. But I I almost want to like I've never heard of like having a Baptist practice baptismal practice moment but i guess I, my major was evangelism so we what, did that at the ymca pool most of the time <laughs> as kids come here we're gonna baptize you oh, yeah. that's why your hand was raised you're in the middle of the just dug you start baptizing. okay so let's go ahead let's go ahead and wrap up i i do <laughs> i appreciate all of you all of you being yeah. willing to be a part of this Thank discussion you, brother josh it brother is Mike, late brother david it rusty, is um rusty really um, late now. rusty all right now um before we wrap up okay you each have 15 seconds to um, give one last uh, encouraging word of, on the topic of holiness. Or, yes, just stick with holiness. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's my goal. I, I don't know that I have anything to add. I feel like it's all it's all been said. Uh, you guys, I'm just jazzed to be here. So, I would say what Rusty said, and worry about yourself. <laughs> I got to get him to the hotel to go to bed. He's tired. <laughs> Do all to the glory of God. If we would just live unto Him and not worry about anybody else, we would be happier and much holier. Sure. I think a lot of problems would be solved if we really focused on our personal pursuit of Christ. And it's like we came full circle in many ways. That's a statement back to there is a big part of pursuing Christ. If you're not pursuing Christ, look, that's why we're here. We're here to pursue Christ. Why else did he leave us here? Yeah. We're going to be like him eventually. And so we need to pursue being like him now because he wants to make everyone like him and he can't do that without us being like him and on that note thank you guys 